G'day and welcome to the Drive Able Podcast. I'm Brad Williams and soon we will have Ali Akbarium who will be talking about the Stronger Together Foundation and the story behind it with the founder and loving husband, David Swain. David was faced with many challenges of disability in his own home and he rose above that and formed his own foundation and organization to help more than just the people in his own home. It's a fantastic interview, so make sure you stay around after the little intro and listen to the interview with David and Ali. Welcome to the Drive Able Podcast, where each episode you get to listen to two of Australia's leading professionals in the area of driving and community mobility for people with disabilities. In each episode, they interview drivers, carers, and industry experts and share the insider's guide to driving with a disability. Here are your hosts, Brad and Ollie. All right, three, two, one. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to get into today's interview. But before we get started, we just want to do a quick shout out to our sponsors who make this show possible, Mobility Engineering and Williams OT. This show takes time and money to put together, and we're forever grateful to their passion for our industry. Okay, enough of the business. Let's get on to the interview. So today we have David Swain, who is the founder of Stronger Together and also a loving husband and father joining us. G'day, David. Thank you for joining us. Um, can we start by asking you to introduce yourself a little bit uh, and tell us, like, I guess, a little bit about how disability entered your life, um, your partner's condition, and how it came about? Yeah, thank, thanks for having me, Ali. Um, yeah, so my name is David Swain. And unfortunately, in August last year, 2021, um, my wife had an accident. She, she um, dived into a shallow pool not being aware of the depth of the pool and um yeah unfortunately the angle was all wrong and resulted in her breaking her neck um she is a c6 quadriplegic because of it um we've got you know she's she's 35 we've got two two young daughters eight and six um so yeah tra tragedy stuck us and our, our life changed completely all in a matter of seconds um you know we're 11 months into our new journey now and um yeah the learning curve's been pretty steep <clears throat> we've learned a lot and um you know life's changed dramatically but we're, we're doing our best to try and adjust to to the new situation and um try and find some ways of doing some living along the way so when that sort of right. happened um at the time um was there like a did you know how serious it was um how did the yeah. sort of news kind of start unfolding how did you guys deal with that yeah, look, um, no, I, I was completely oblivious to spinal cord injuries, just to be honest. Like, I, I was so, I didn't know much about them. Um, obviously, knew, knew they existed, but different levels of injury from vertebrae to vertebrae was all new to me. So, I was um, completely unaware. I, you know, at the time, uh, I heard that she may not walk again. I thought she was a paraplegic, um, you know, because she could, could move her arms a little bit, but... Um, Later on, discovered she's a quadriplegic because quad meaning four, it affects all four limbs. So there was just so much learning to go on and it was all during a real heartbreaking time and trying to, you know, notify friends and family and and the kids and um, trying to deal with it all myself. Yeah, pretty tough time. Yeah, I mean, given 
uh, I think 2021 was also probably one of the toughest years on the planet as well for everybody out there in lockdowns, especially in Sydney and Australia or New- wherever we were in Australia. Um, half the country yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. Look, there's never, there's never a good time to break your neck, but um, if there was a bad time, I reckon we found it and it was right in the height of a COVID lockdown. So, um, you know, my wife was, we're in Newcastle. My wife was with the hospital here. I wasn't allowed in to see her at all for three days while she was getting two operations done. Then she was airlifted down to Sydney, more not sure. Um, I just went straight down there and sort of kept knocking on their door until they'd let me in. But I, I, no one had been in the spinal ward for three months um, down in Sydney. They'd had a full lockdown, um, but I just kept showing up until they, until they, you know, had a bit of a heart and let me in. So it was right in the, yeah, the height of the COVID lockdown. The kids couldn't see her. Yeah, their lives have just been torn apart. So it, it led us to make some decisions to to get try and get our family back together when she was medically stable to do so, um, which led to some of our vehicle modifications very early on in the play, a lot quicker than what anyone else would have done, and a lot quicker than what we would have done if it had happened during a different time. But we were just our our hand was forced a little bit because of the situation. Yeah. So. Um from what I'm gathering, you were all sort of all separated. And as we've, as we've um, covered in this um, podcast multiple times, uh, being together with family and being together is a huge, um, makes a huge positive difference in your life um, and also helps you get better and helps you have access to things. So being all separated, I guess, um, would have been pretty challenging and looks like you had a huge drive to kind of bring everyone together. Is that, is that what was the drive? Yeah, look, it was it was absolutely heartbreaking for us. You know, my wife was in tears daily. She'd never spent more than a night away from her kids. Yeah. And, uh, and then all of a sudden she'd been ripped apart um, from them for months, also trying to deal with the, the whole tragedy of um, spinal cord injury. So that was tough. And um, so I, that's when I really got the, um, no pun intended, but the wheels in motion to to get things happening with um, vehicle modifications. And, and that's how I ended up coming across mobility engineering. There was uh, countless sleepless nights and, um, you know, your, your mind's just doing overtime and I'm trying to, I've always been a problem solver. So to try and engineer out some of these problems was was what I was, there were some things that were just out of my control, obviously with her injury and, and we're in the hands of the hospital system and, and also the gods, I suppose, but um, just to, yeah, the things I could could change was making sure that we had a vehicle to get her home when when she was medically stable and ready to get home. So, yeah. So how long how long did it take to um, do the like for her to be able to get out? So she was in Royal North Shore for in the acute um, <clears throat> spinal ward, uh, which is a fantastic facility. You know, it's it's um, it's where you want to be if if you've gone through a tragedy like this in New South Wales. But um, well, one of the two places. Um, she was in Royal North Shore for two months, and then the next step after that, so you know, eight weeks. She was in a, she was in a neck brace for about six weeks, and then had it off for a week or two. And then after two months, she went to Royal Ride Rehab, which is also a beautiful, you know, state of the art facility when it comes to spinal or brain injury. Um, and but she only spent a month there. So it, it, within three, you know, there is no textbook to spinal cord injuries, but if you're a C6, you're um, probably in Sydney for, this is if you're in New South Wales, obviously you're probably in Sydney for 
12 months at a guess, give or take. Um, we had a home in three months, but that meant buying a new house and um, getting some vehicle modifications done and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So on that note, um, cause I, I did, we did come across you around those early stages um, in my other role as a modifier. Um, and I heard a lot about your story and I guess the urgency and so on. Did you have um, any, um, what was the process that you went to to get this, this product in your car? So you got, uh, just for the people that are, um, uh, you know, watching or, or looking, is there's a product in the background of my um, shot, which is called Attorney Evo. And we've spoken about that on this show before. And I know David um, had this fitted into his vehicle at the time, which was an X5. Is that right? It was my wife's um, vehicle, BMW X5. She loved it. And so while she was in hospital, we bought a new house. She, um, you know, other than a Zoom call, uh, face FaceTime, she hadn't seen it. The better suited our needs. I then also didn't want to go and sell a vehicle on her. Um, so, yeah, and and I, I just didn't, I don't know, I was Googling everything and, and I just didn't like the concept of her being stuck in the, third row of a maxi taxi or Toyota hire sort of vehicle, um, especially in the early days, you know, she used to ride shotgun with me all the time. We'd talk on trips and um, yeah, just to, to rip something else away from us. It was just something I wasn't prepared to do at the time. So I spoke to the team at Mobility Engineering to see if the turning Evo would fit and work in a BMW X5. And it, it was a little bit tight for an X5, but it worked um, because it was, um, you know, I wouldn't fit in it. I'm a bit tall for it, a bit big for it, but um, it was all right for her. And and it was more instead of selling a car and buying a new one and losing money on that transaction, it was just let's get this done in the vehicle we've got at the moment and then work out a bit of a longer-term solution, which we're probably in the process of doing now. But it was to tick a box for a period of, um, say, six months where we – um needed to get a home and then we also needed to get her to regular therapy sessions um you know we took a we took a physio on full time for a couple of months and um she was then also taking it to another physio facility so the um the turning evo was a pretty critical part in our um plan to in our road to recovery and rehab yeah, so, yeah. and also it meant that yeah she she was sitting in the front seat and you know, when we drove home from Sydney, she was there next to me, talking to me, um, things like that. They only seemed like little things, but it meant a lot. You know, the, the ability to, the things you take for granted, um, you know, jumping in and out of a car and stuff like that is just, um, yeah, stuff you, stuff you never really think about until you're living it. Um, and yeah, I wish that people didn't have to go through this situation, but unfortunately, tragedy struck us. We're dealing with it too, and there's plenty of, plenty of others out there that are as well. So, yeah. yeah. So, so with um, what were you doing at the time um, in your life? Is it like in terms of work or business or anything like that? Like, how did this yeah. sort of? I guess it would have completely shifted that. Yeah, yeah, it did for sure. Look, it has changed our life. It, it's put a put the handbrake on fairly hard, but um, with some bad parts in that, I suppose there's there's a silver lining to everything. But we we were in uh, accommodations. What we do, so we uh, motels. Um, but we don't have them at the moment. We 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 sold a motel. We we're buying into another one, but we pulled out of that um, after Catherine's accident. And just having a little bit of time off to deal with the tragedy and and you know trips up and down. I was going to drive it up and down to Sydney five days a week, six days a week. Um, 
So I didn't have time to be managing staff and dealing with all that stuff as well. So um, yeah, that was what we were doing. We're, we're not, not at the moment, but look, there's plans in place to get back to things like that, but there's no, no great rush just yet. So you were, you were lucky, I guess, in a way that you were in between um, one motel to another. You didn't have to kind of quit anything at the time. No, we didn't. And look, that, that timing um, was fairly good. Um, yeah, we, we were in the process of waiting for it to settle. So we'd exchange contracts and we we're waiting for it to settle to, to sell. And then we had our eyes on another one, um, but we cancelled that other one. So that the property that we had settled two weeks after Captain's accident. And then, look, it was a tough two weeks trying to get that settlement done and um, deal with the accountants and lawyers and everyone else involved while, while your emotions are running over time and you're not sleeping. But, um, you know, and, and Catherine and I are in the business together. I needed her signature. I couldn't get it. There was just some, some tough little struggles there. But once it was done, we had, you know, 15 less staff to worry about and just, just were able to focus on the family, spend a bit more time at home with the kids and just work out a plan and, and where we're going with um, life going forward because, um, yeah, we quickly learned that life, is very fragile and um, yeah, you got to prioritize. So, and with with the with the fit out, um, was there any funding involved? No, we self funded the fit out. So, um, we probably could have got some funding. I, I don't know. I haven't gone down that path. And um, but it was all timing. So we we needed it done rapidly. And there's nothing against the funding bodies that are about there. That they're they're good. Um, and the IS and eye care and whatever else, depending on how you've, you've had your accident. But um, the timing of them, it, it can be quite lengthy, and especially vehicle modifications. Um, you're not usually talking about them until two or three years post-accident. So um, to talk about it two months or one month post-accident was unheard of. And we, yeah, so none of that was available. And so we just decided to self-fund it and get it done to get my wife. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'll disclose a little bit of background info here because um, I know that David was dealing at the time with mobility engineering and I, as the CEO, was involved a little bit because we were actually concerned because he didn't, um, he didn't go through all the channels of funding and we didn't want him to end up with the wrong device. And there was a lot of background argument. We're going, well, are we sure this is the right thing? And we want this guy to try it and et cetera, et cetera, because we don't want to just sell someone for, the, for something for the sake of it. But it was um, interesting because it was a unique situation where um, there was no trials, there was no funding, um, and it wasn't through uh, uh, that thorough process. But um, it was, uh, yeah, but it was, you needed something done and um, it got done at the end. So it was, it was an interesting one to be involved on the background as well. Um, uh, but it, it suited the purpose, as you as you said, and we made sure that, that was the case, and then um, it was able to go forward. So, um, do you think that it's? I mean, I actually don't know this, and I'd um, be interested to talk about it future if it, if it is. Um, have you looked into possibly getting it funded retrospectively? Um, so, like, they come back and go, "Well, hey, you paid for this, but now you can go through the approvals." Is that a possibility? I think it. I think it probably is. Although the term refund doesn't seem to happen um, that much in regards to funding body, we're, we're with NDIS. And from my understanding, um, and look, I'm only green with it all, um, is that they, they fund one vehicle modification. Um, so my thoughts would be to save it for the bigger one, which is the 
with which is my wife being able to drive one day. Um, but you know, we've got a lot to get through before that. She's you know, transfers in her hand and rehabilitation to do there to try and get some more hand function back. So we, we need to buy a bit of time and, and wait because the longer you wait, the more you learn about your injury and you know your limitations and and the more you get back, I suppose, over time and the more you get back, the less modifications you have to do. So our thought process is to 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 bank that one a little bit. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. So um, I guess one thing which I've been aware of and I wanted to kind of talk about on this episode as well is um, I guess how the, the, um, the product has moved to another car um, now uh, and, and also that it's as a result of um, a new business or a movement that you're doing as a result of your experiences called Stronger Together. And I guess um, we spoke briefly about how it came about. So I wanted you to just give us a little bit about um, what is the idea? What is the concept of Stronger Together? It's a foundation, yes. Um, yeah, and- look, it's an, organi- it's an organization called Stronger Together for Spinal. And um, Stronger Together came about because of my wife's accident. She's, she's yeah, she's a lovely person. She's very well loved and, and got a lot of mates and, and a lot of people wanted to help us. Um, but all we wanted was their love and support. And then um, all of a sudden, Stronger Together evolved because we, we, we saw this, the hardships and struggles that some other people were dealing with in, in hospital and rehabilitation. And, and they some of them didn't have the resources or the support that, that we had. So um, there's definitely plenty of people we felt sorry for, even though we're dealing with their own hardships. But um, and we, we wanted to be able to help them and find ways of, um, look, we found a few gaps throughout the system as we were as we were going along the way, look, New South Wales Health, when you're with it, um, as I mentioned to you before, Ali, that they're great and um, you're very well supported when you're in hospital. And then when you decide you're out of there um, and you want to go home, it's, uh, and ours was very, very rapid. Like we were only spent three months in Sydney and we're out on our own. So we're still learning. Um, but a lot of people spend a lot more time down there. It might be 12 months or so. Um, they probably adjust mentally and physically as time goes on. Um, it's still a daunting time getting home and you go from having nurses around you on the you know press of a call button to being out on your own and hardly being able to get a hold of one or see one or, or know one in your local community and especially in regional areas so um, yeah Sydney is the, the seems to be the one-stop shop but um, once you're out of those bigger centres then it's a bit harder look we're in Newcastle so it's not a small place but we've even found it a little bit tough in somewhere like Newcastle. So people that are going to Central West or somewhere else, anywhere else, regional towns, um, having that support is is tough. So Stronger Together's aim is to help people with spinal cord injury, um, especially high level, um, and, and in the really early stages of um, going home. So whether that means we help them get home um, with transport and nursing and carers because because having once again having carers available um that they were nurses and they they would do their job as basically a reflex action and knew exactly what they were doing and when to do it and what what to look out for to going home to dealing with um people that were sometimes learning on the job and it's not a job that people should really be learning on so hopefully over time stronger together we'll build some um we've ordered two vans two key carnivals um, to get modified to, and that's just the start who knows how big the fleet will get but it all depends on how much we raise over time it's it's look it is a not-for-profit organization we don't plan to make a cent out of 
out of the business, but we're, we're there to help people. Um, it's not what we're doing it for, for the love of it. And um, we want to just make sure that other people that, that need assistance that sometimes can't get it, are getting it. So um, that might be taking people to, once they get home, taking people to rehab facilities, uh, for physio, doctor's appointments, whatever needs to happen. Um, you know, we're not, we're not planning to drive people to the pub, but um, they can wait for a maxi taxi for, for things like that. But for medical-based appointments, then yes, we're there to help. And um, hopefully it grows over time. Is it something that if someone has NDIS funding, they can use? Um, yeah, make- sure. Look, look, if there is NDIS funding, then um, they can use it. But we're, we're hoping to... Look, um, or is it like fully, not, a full charity type thing? If there's not funding there, um, we're, we want to help them in the interim and then work yeah. towards them getting funding. So help them get the resources to be able to get funding. It, it's not a bottomless pit of funds. Um, Stronger Together is, uh, you know, a lot of our mates dipping into their pockets to help other people and um, businesses that we know to, to also help other people. So it's more a um, bit of a cushion or a safety blanket for people when they... Um, first come out of that in, uh, New South Wales health supported system to then um, to finding their way with their funding and so, you know there, there, there is some uh, inconsistencies with some funding systems and some people don't quite get the plan they wanted and then it takes time to get a review done and, but some people can't just you know twiddle their thumbs for three or four months waiting for these reviews to happen they still need to continue with their their life and their rehab plan and making sure that they're, um, you know, continue to do physio and whatever else needs to happen. So I find that, um, you know, once again, it's a bit more outside of Sydney, but the maxi taxi network and so forth is, is reasonably unreliable. So we're looking to try and run a bit of a roster and we'll just assign a driver to be at someone's door when they, they need them there and, and take them to physio and then wait for them and take them home again. So um, yeah, that's, that sounds really good. I mean, it, it's something that we've commonly heard in this podcast. It's not an uncommon story where you've had an accident or something's happened and you're just sometimes waiting years before you get everything, all your ducks lined up, you know, um, yeah. everything relined. So um, like we've had people up to two years by the time they get their funding and all the rehab and everything lined up because you're going, you've got one whole life that's got a whole infrastructure and people built into it. And then it's been turned upside down and shaken, you know, and then you've got to rebuild it. So um, that takes time, you know, so. Yeah, look, it does. And also you, you throw in, um, you know, the COVID pandemic with it all and the supply of vehicles and modifications it's, it, and the workforce and labour and stuff. There's just things that have really yeah, made it hard. Delays just pile up. Yeah, yeah. Look, we, we've had our, our, so we ordered two brand new Kia Carnivals. We have both the vehicles and we've had them booked in for modifications for months. And um, that won't happen until about November, December. So um, with the with the conversions that we've decided to go with for these two vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Now that sounds good. So I guess um, that's been really good and I want to sort of um, start wrapping it up. Um, what What is, um, how can people connect with the foundation? Um, yeah, so- are you guys online? What's the deal? Yeah, look, so well, you'll find us on, on social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Stronger Together for Spinal. Also, our website is strongertogetherforspinal.com.au as well. So there's there's ways of reaching out with us through there. Um, 
And and look, and, and if that's people that uh, also want to donate to us, as I said, that there's not a bottomless pit of funds and we're trying to do good things in, in a space that we feel there's a need, um, but also people that feel that we could help, we, I want to hear from you as well. So um, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, yeah. I'll kind of plug that as well. I mean, I know from my own personal involvement in the industry, basically when you hit in, in on the New South Wales North Coast, um, it's a unique, when I say North Coast, starting from Newcastle, literally all the way to the Queensland border, there's a really strange situation going on where there is pretty much no services um, and there's a big population. And, um, and so I guess if you're out there, um, especially in those areas, it's a bit of a call out to get involved and maybe do some donating because it, like I know we, there's, there's a huge shortage, even like you said, around that kind of Maitland, Newcastle area, it's, it's one of the biggest growing populations around, but there's hardly any of these kind of services. And like, we don't have one modifier anywhere there. So it's, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Look, we've, we've teamed up with a um, facility called Neuro Alliance. So they're fairly new in the, in the area as well, but they're a dedicated rehab facility. And um, one of the vehicles will be basically dedicated to help get people to Neuro Alliance. So there's so many people I hear from the owner of Neuro Alliance saying, We've got people that want to be here but can't get here. They they literally pack a lunch to wait for their maxi taxi because they don't know when it's turning up. And then they get here and then they don't know what time they're going home. So you, you put yourself in that situation where you go, okay, I'm going I'm going to the gym for one hour, and it takes all day. You just don't go, do you? You go, I, yeah. I give up. I'm not going. So and and you don't want people doing that because then that is affecting their their rehab and recovery and their quality of life in, in yeah. turn. So it's a whole downward not, spiral. So it's, it's exactly, just, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's not easy to, to front up to each day when you're, when you're dealing with these high level injuries. And, and if you, you know, you lose a bit of motivation, you know, there's, there's plenty of people that go through, you know, head space issues when um, they're not dealing with something as physically straining and demanding as, as being a quadriplegic. So um, it doesn't take much to, 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 yeah, get that downward spiral going. So we're there to try and get people out and about because, you know, being stuck amongst four walls is, is not a good not a good thing for anyone. Um, you know, especially with the weather and everything we've been having at the moment, it hasn't stopped raining. So um, just trying to, we're trying to, in the end, offer a very um, platinum service uh, where it's a nice smooth ride. Um, you've got people that are driving that are volunteers or paid carers or whatever else, and they understand um, what you're, to some extent, I suppose, what you're dealing with. Um, and they're not hitting every speed bump at um, 40 kilometers an hour and whatever else in the, and as I said, a long wheelbase that's you're feeling every bump. We're just trying to try to be a bit more caring with um because because there's a lot of the opposite out there. So no, that's uh that's great. Really lovely since that. All right, so we'll uh, quickly wrap it up then. Um just before we ask you a final question, we've got a last question to ask. Um, we want to quickly acknowledge the sponsors again, Mobility Engineering and Williams OT. Um, and if anyone's looking to sponsor uh, any more, look out for Stronger for Life Foundation as well, especially if you're from uh, Stronger, sorry, Together um, for Spinal. Um, if you're in that area particularly, because as I said, there's a real shortage in that area and, and it'd be great to have some more support around there. Um, so we've got one kind of more fun question. Cars are more than just getting from A to B. Do you have a memory you want to share or something that you've done special in your car, um, either that no one knows about or something that you think is unique? Uh, in the, in the, in you're saying that with the turning Eva in the X5? Or anything, it, anything or even before those days. Oh, look, no, nothing too over the top. I, I've got, um, 
I guess uh, talking to keeping in context, yeah, the first time I was able to get my wife out and about and take her for first trip in that x5 was just great you know the yeah. selfie flowing and um yeah we, we actually went to a bowling pub and, and had a she had a me and um and I had a, I had a couple of schooners and I hadn't drank for three months after accident and I said well, I'm waiting till we can get you out and about so look it was um it was nice to be able to to do something different um yeah and then other than that we've, we've modified another vehicle which is a F three fifty with a Ute crane on the back of it, so we can go a few different places with um, with that as well. But um, that's, awesome. that's a whole other story. That's all Sounds another story. good. Well, we'll put your contact details in the show notes, um, and um, yeah, reach out to uh, David and Stronger together. Um, and thanks again. And stick around, folks. We're going to come back, and I'll join with Brad to do our top three takeaways for the episode. Thanks again, David. Yeah, perfect, Ali. Thank you. And yeah, look, I'm sure Stronger. Whatever you said, stronger for life. Would appreciate your donations, but please <laughs> no, no, point stronger together. Stronger together for spinal. Definitely, um, uh, please, appreciate it. We'll put all the right links down there, and um, yeah, thanks very much. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Brad Williams here, and I just want to do a massive shout out to Ali and David for doing that interview. Uh, what a great interview that was. In this section. I'm going to do my analysis and do my top three takeaways from the interview, uh, the interview that we've just listened to. Uh, if you've got a different opinion about what the top three takeaways are, make sure you comment uh, in the sections down below, wherever you're listening to this, make sure you leave a comment. Uh, but Ali and I have got more than 30 years of joint experience in the industry. So hopefully this can help you, whether you're a client, uh, a participant looking to get out and about in the community or an OT or a vehicle modifier or somebody from the NDIS, hopefully this little insight may be able to help. So the first takeaway that I got from the interview with David and Ali was in regards to the Turney Evo seat, they installed it onto their uh, X5, the BMW, and David highlighted how it was his wife's favorite vehicle. And that can't be underestimated. The, the power of cars, the power of ownership of a car that's nice and special. It's got special meaning to them. It's the car that they love. Putting in modifications into a car that somebody loves is really, really important to understand. And it can't just be, let's put it into any car. Cars have meaning to people. And we've heard that over and over and over again in this, uh, in this podcast with multiple episodes in regards to people loving their vehicle, not any vehicle, their vehicle and uh, modifying and tweaking cars. Um, we can just go back to, to the interview um, with the mechanic from PME who, who's got a variety of cars. Um, and even, you know, we've spoken to other people with their special uh, convertible and they just, they can't transfer in and out of their wheelchair independently, but they, and they can't transport their wheelchair with them, but just getting out and about in their convertible car with a roof down makes a massive difference. So, understanding how important somebody's car is. The other point that he made in line with uh, this first takeaway about importance of cars is the importance of riding shotgun. That's David's words. Riding shotgun next to your partner, next to your husband, next to your wife, next to your partner in that front seat of the car. It's much different being alongside somebody 
compared to being behind somebody. Um, it's, it's like sleeping in different beds in the bedroom sometimes. It can be that important. Your husband and wife, you're, you're next to each other. You're doing it as a partnership, not one in the front and one in the back. It's, it's, it's an inner meaning that can't be taken for granted. And it's really, really important to consider these. And that Turney Evo, the turnout seat, whether it's a Turney Evo or one of the other products out on the market, that turnout seat brings the person into the front seat and the inner meaning of being next to your partner, being next to your husband or wife can make a world of difference to mental health um, rather than being in the back of the vehicle. Uh, that's, that's the first takeaway that I, I wanted to bring to your attention from what I learned from the interview is how much these little things that other people think are little can mean so much to family members. And it can quite often be overlooked by the people that are analyzing for the funding. So the hierarchy up in, up in the funding areas, uh, they just look at the practical side of it all. But as OTs, we need to also promote the emotional side of it all. How important it is to actually be uh, equal with your partner, especially through tough times. And that's the leads us on to the second point, uh, the second takeaway. David and his wife self-funded these modifications due to the timing issues uh, of getting funding approval. We, we know that we're applying for government money more often than not when we're looking at the NDIS, and it takes time for the assessment process that the NDIS requires to, to happen. Um, there's a long wait list for OTs to do the assessments. And we know that it needs to be an OT that does these assessments by the NDIS guidelines. And I totally agree with that. But we need more driver trained OTs out there, uh, which is why I'm involved in, in uh, assisting in that area wherever possible uh, with the universities and, and assisting uh, new grads uh, as they come out of the process to get them skilled and, and qualified and, and up, not, not qualified, but also up to speed because uh, there's a lot to learn in this area. But it takes time and there is a real shortage, but then it also needs to be processed at the uh, funding level, which again takes time. If you need to have a review, that could be three months to get a review. It could be six months. It could wait until your next uh, review with the NDIS. And what we've noticed through the pandemic is that reviews have gone from every year to every two years to every three years. So you need to organize a special review uh, and that can take time as well. So people are forced to self-fund things, to get things moving. You can't just sit at home waiting. Uh, and what he also highlighted was, was the issues with access cabs. Uh, David really highlighted um, that you could go to the gym for an hour but you could be waiting three, four, five, six hours uh, and it takes all day. And, and the impact that has on, on mental health when you're struggling to cope moving back home with a really significant injury and the issues that waiting for access cabs and never knowing when it can arrive and, and not starting lunch uh, because you never know when the access cab is going to arrive. And, you know, there's, there's issues with eating uh, when, with a spinal cord injury in regards to feeding yourself and so forth. So all of these things impact. I mean, if you've got to do your bowel care, as an example, um, when do you do that when you're, when you're waiting for an access cab? You can miss appointments very easily 
especially if you've got an appointment around school drop-off time and pick-up time uh, and also uh, late at night on a on a Friday when people are out and about using the buses, the, the access cabs for their party bus to get multiple people to and from the pub. There's a real shortage of access cabs in those times. So it can make a massive difference and self-funding people are sometimes forced into that. And, uh, and David mentioned that he's played that card so the funding can come potentially later on to, to help his wife to potentially drive with some, with some really significant controls to, to help her out. And that leads us into the third point and, and really highlighting stronger together for spinal, the foundation that David and his wife have, uh, have started. It's a non-for-profit um, and it's really designed to help people who are lacking that love and, and the support, especially in the early stages once they get home. And it can't be underestimated how important that, that first moving home time is it's it's a massive change of life david highlighted that you go from a hundred percent care where you press a button and someone comes running to assist you now you go back home and it's it's usually just your partner maybe some carers coming in at certain times there's a real lack of that care that you need there's also sometimes the lack of training you've got special specialty rehab nurses on the rehab wards who are trained in rehab you go back home and you are you've got carers that may not understand the full impact of a spinal cord injury especially up at uh, at the c6 level like uh, david's wife there can we've already highlighted in regards to the vehicle there can be a lack of funding in those early stages especially if you need to get out of hospital quickly which is what happened to to david and his partner getting out of hospital in those first three months some people can get stuck in the hospital system waiting for ndis funding to be approved and, and get into action to be able to get one home mods done but also getting the services in and, and finding service to help people so I really applaud uh, David and his wife in regards to the Stronger Together for Spinal Non-for-Profit non Organisation. Um, they're, they're really in it to, to get people out and about to their appointments in those early stages. Um, they've ordered two vans. They've got a, a couple of vehicles at the moment to try and help people get to their rehab, not to the pub, he highlighted that, but to get to rehab, to get to their medical appointments. So um, if you're looking to help the organisation, please um, help the Stronger Together for Spinal uh, organisation. They, they're, they're in it so people aren't twiddling their thumbs at home and really suffering from mental health issues because they can't get out and about to their rehab and really get the ball rolling when they get home. They, they've highlighted the issues with access cabs and, and maxi cabs and they highlighted the issues on the central to north coast of, of New South Wales or the lack of, of services currently available in that area for, for whatever reason that is. So please get out, support the Stronger Together for Spinal Foundation. If, if you're looking for a, an organisation to uh, donate some money to or some services to, please uh, think about the Stronger Together for Spinal Foundation and um, yeah, get out and about and, and support them if you see them around and um, it's a fantastic organization.
And that brings us to the end of this episode. As we wind up, we just want to do another shout out to our sponsors, Mobility Engineering and Williams OT for helping you bring this together, this interview together today with, uh, with David uh, from the Stronger Together for Spinal Foundation. Highlighting the, the sponsors, Williams OT, uh, assessments and rehab are all the pieces of the puzzle to assist people with disabilities reach their driving and community mobility goals and again mobility engineering it's a team of passionate and dedicated people focused on bringing Australia's largest range of suitable transport options for all walks of life if you're looking to um, either sponsor the Stronger Together for Spinal Foundation make sure you uh, reach out for them it's a Google search or if you're looking to uh, sponsor this show, you will be highlighted uh, like we highlight uh, Williams OT and Mobility Engineering. There's so many great stories out there that we want to bring you in regards to getting out and about um, post-injury or with an injury or disability from birth. Our, we're just sharing a, a story. We're sharing stories so other people can learn from them, uh, whether it's an OT, people with disabilities, or modifiers, or the NDIS, or other agencies as well. Please share this uh, podcast with the people that mean something to you uh, and that may benefit from this podcast and listening to an episode or two. And as we bring it to an end, as we say in every episode, the advice provided in this podcast is general in nature. So if you've got any queries, what can work for you, and what will help you get out and about in the community via a vehicle. Make sure you get in contact with your local OT for an assessment or your mobility dealer and set yourself up with a trial because those trials really do put you in the driver's seat. That's it for now. A massive shout out to uh, David and Ali for doing the podcast without me on this occasion. We hope that you've learned something and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Drive Able Podcast with Brad Williams and Ali Akbarian. If you like what you've heard, make sure you like, rate and subscribe. It really does make a massive difference. If you or anyone you know would like to share a story about driving with a disability or you would like to get in contact, find the show notes or find the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find us on Facebook. Just search at Drive Able Podcast for more information.